0: Italy. Aguero oh, I swear you'll never see anything like this ever again.
1: Gavin keeps it. Skill on goal. Look at that pass. up Goal Columbus. Thanks on here for the USA. Can they do it here? Cross and Deb sees tonight again. And Donovan has scored! Oh, can you believe this? Go, go, USA!
0: This is the beautiful game. Oh, it's
1: incredible.
0: Described by two uglies. Stupendous. Welcome to Bone and Bean United.
1: This is a thing
0: of genius. Happy Soccer Podcast Day. What is up? I am Bone. And I am Bean. Got a lot to talk about today. We had a big week in the Champions League, so we are, of course, going to get to all the action there. Some big names got bounced from the tournament, uh, so we'll discuss that. We will discuss the problems for Christian Pulisic at Chelsea what are they going to do with that guy because it appears they do not want to start him and that doesn't seem ideal for the future of u.s soccer the savior of u.s soccer so what is what happens with him and of course we have got the crew their home opener has been announced all the mls home openers have been announced and that'll give us a good opportunity to talk about that game but also to point and laugh at austin texas because enjoy your home opener dopes that'll be fun but first Let's start off with uh, the news that I'm sure have you recovered from the likely hangover. I'm sure that ensued <laughs> after watching Manchester United take it to Manchester City, Beamer. How are you feeling you know, about that?
1: Not quite. Uh, here we are on Thursday and the game actually happened last Sunday. So I think I've just been blacked out now for more than 72 hours. I think we're reaching the 96-hour threshold bone. Uh, but I tell you what, man, that was a pretty amazing little day on Sunday, was it not? I actually watched... I think all of the games that were on NBC that day, like, I for some reason got up really early. Uh, on Sunday and watched whatever the first game was, then Liverpool and Fulham were on, watched that whole thing, and then it led right in uh, to United and City, but that was pretty amazing. <laughs> Gotta say, didn't see that one coming. I mean, you know, I've been hanging out with you too much, become a negative, uh, negative being. That's right. Uh, you know, and so I didn't think anything going into this game. I'm like, alright, they've won 20-some-odd games in a row. You know, you're at the Etihad. Manchester United just look like an absolute pile of dreck right now, dropping points left and right. Uh, so I had no expectations Going into that game. But I mean, how amazing was that start? I mean, literally, Anthony Martial uh, darts into the box, what, 35 seconds into the game or whatever? Uh, Gabriel Jesus takes him down from behind. All right. You know, Penchester United, as a lot of people like to call them. <laughs> Here you go. Chance to get up a 1-0 lead. Bruno strikes. Beautiful little penalty uh, that he took. And you're up 1-0 and feeling great about yourself. And then the onslaught of the city attack, you know, started to happen. Uh, and then the second half got started off. Man, Luke Shaw playing great soccer right now, by the mm-hmm. way. Yeah, the he fact is. that he has uh, revitalized his career a little bit and gotten back uh, into the favor of Ole and, you know, really doing well. Uh, him and Marcus Rashford up that left wing are a nice little one-two combo that they've got going, uh, especially on the counterattack. He was close earlier in the game to actually scoring a goal, uh, and then he gets it in the second half, 2-0. City unable to do anything, uh, unable to push through, and United come away with the three points, man. That was the most surprising thing of the season. It was delightful.
0: Yeah, uh, well, it, it was certainly surprising. I mean, you can argue there were m- surprises all over, like Fulham getting – 3 points off of Liverpool at Anfield. Mm-hmm. That's also a little surprising.
1: 6 home losses in Oof. a row Oof. for them. That they is... went how many years without, you know, losing yes. a game there and now you've lost 6 in a row. Bone. That's It's it's crazy. incredible.
0: It's it's an incredible thing for them because there's Premier League Liverpool and then there's Champions League Liverpool and they seem to be two different teams, you know, like and, and but I guess right maybe that's where their focus is right now. Obviously they they've still got Champions League thoughts but Yeah, to go back to Manchester United, Manchester City, the other thing I will add to that is it is amazing to me that City, with all that firepower, and you saw it on display on Wednesday, right, where they took it out. (laughs) It was like, all right, well, we didn't win our game, uh, the one that we really wanted, so sorry, Southampton. You're just going to get, like, just destroyed, and that's clearly what they did, but I'm surprised that City... Wasn't able, to, like, with all that firepower to find a goal and even it back up. Because I honestly thought when United scored early, I'm like, okay, yeah, well, that's in just, for an
1: 89 minute press now.
0: Yeah. And this is going to, this is probably going to, at the bare minimum, they're going to get this goal back before halftime. And then they didn't. And then I thought, well, they're going to come out in the start of the second half and they're just going to hair on fire. And then, like you said, Luke Shaw, who's playing well, goes and gets a goal. And suddenly, now the whole dynamic of that game changed. And where you think, like I was expecting, City was—we knew that they were going to be just pressing United all the way back, and then they just couldn't find the goal. And and eventually, once the other team that maybe isn't supposed to be in the lead, or in this case, wasn't supposed to be in the league, and United, they get an early goal. It's almost like there's a there's a time period where you respond, and it and it is fine. But once you don't respond in that time period doubt sets in Mm -hmm. it gets a little tougher to push and then you make mistakes and then it's almost inevitable you're going to let in a second goal if you don't get the if you don't get it tied up like by halftime which is what I kind of thought but still shocking result good result for your guys uh firmly in second place now because everybody else around them has kind of started to fall on bad times bad form but uh yeah man you you got to feel great about that so uh happy for you, even though yeah. it's uh, it's Manchester United. I'm not so necessarily happy for Manchester United, but I'm happy for you because you're my yeah, buddy. No, so.
1: Thank you very much. I appreciate that. It was, uh, you know, it's just, it was such a wild game. And I think that's the biggest frustrating part, right? If you're a United fan watching this, uh, you look at what they've done this season and you look at the goalless draw against Palace and you look at the goalless draw against Chelsea and you go back and you look at the West Brom, the 1-1, you know, draw there. And you look at Everton giving up that late goal, and so there are points left on the table, bone, and it was obvious that that performance they put more into that than they have, you know, really the rest of the games of the Manchester Derby. It means so much to both clubs, right? I mean, you know, teams certainly City with the new history that they have found and united with the pedigree that they have been uh, over the last, you know, thirty years, forty years now uh, in world football, and you know, just you know, to have that, have the bragging rights over your over your neighbors it's just uh pretty wild but i think that's the biggest frustrating part is because you saw how that team could play when they were on it and it meant something to them and i think a lot of united fans yes of course it's great to beat city especially when they were on that run uh and really you know just i mean they're still going to coast to a a premier league title and you know it's great for them uh or whatever but the biggest thing about united is like where has that been over the last month you know like what have you been doing? Why haven't you been putting sure. that effort into every single game? And so, although it's great, I mean, you know, you likely secured a Champions League spot for this year. Like you mentioned, all the other teams kind of falling around, uh, you know, a- around them right now on the table. It is, you know, to me, it's just like, all right, well, where has this been? You're Manchester United. Like, you shouldn't just settle for second place. Like, you know, having a game against Crystal Palace at Old Trafford, like you should go out there and win that game, put as much energy and effort as you did into the city game into these rests and we could be talking about an entirely different competition now i mean five six points beh- behind uh within striking distance with the last eight games to go and now you're 14 points back so even though it was great you know at the end of the day when you start thinking about it it's still a little bit frustrating because the club is just it's not up to the level of city still and i think that's the maddening part
0: yeah i i can see that level of frustration to make a poor analogy i would Liken it to like if you're working on a group project in school and everybody else is kind of busting their ass, and there's one guy who's just not really helping out. But then, like me in college. (laughs) Okay. But then when presentation time comes, then all of a sudden this guy's like, oh, yeah, I want to do it. and, And wants to be in front of the class. And like, you're like, what? Where were you when we needed you? Like now you want to now the teachers are looking at you and everybody's paying attention to you. Now you want to, you know, show up and, and maybe they do a great job. But it's like that's annoying that you only showed up and did a good job because everybody was paying attention. You weren't doing a good job in all these other champions times. are made when no one's
1: looking. Yeah. not when the spotlights
0: mm. are on. That's yeah, that's exactly right. Put that on a wall. That's uh.
1: That's uh, was the uh, the wall that I grew up with. That's the I mean, uh, that's some I was Centerville say, football right there. I, I mean gonna... that was that was on the wall in the weight room, and I had to look at that sucker for like every day in high school. I'm like, all right, I get it, I get it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I I would say that uh like high school football coaches and boomer moms have the same decorating <laughs> sense where it's like let's put words all over the place in this space that we have. You
1: don't need live laugh and love in your house. It's okay.
0: You don't need that. You don't you don't need it's wine thirty. You don't need that. You also don't need play like a Life champion. Life is today. better
1: at the lake or whatever. These stars yes. that are above the house. Yeah, like we get it. We play get like
0: a champion today is the yep. Notre Dame version of live laugh love. That's. <laughs> that's what it is that's that's what we're saying all right uh so let's move on to champions league because liverpool would like to do that because in champions yep. league they're great uh they they pretty much took rb leipzig no problems beat them two nothing both times uh four nothing aggregate victory for them even with sadio mane having a laugher of a header i don't know if you saw that particular miss that he had where it was a great run by sala who put a goal in on their goalkeeper, on Leipzig's goalkeeper, who stopped it. It bounced like ten feet in the air, and Sadio Mane is running onto it, and he goes to like head it into the ground, and I I'd like it looked like he hit it with his chin, and it almost <laughs> hit his toe. Like it, <laughs> it went straight down, and then I, mean, it was an open goal if he could have just got his head to it, but didn't matter. It was inconsequential, and uh, Liverpool in the Champions League right now is fine. They better hope they win it, because yeah, seriously, right now it's not looking like a team that's going to make it back. Otherwise, because they're sitting what eighth or ninth in the in the table right now. So well, they're eighth right now, Oof. and Oof. Aston Villa's three points behind them with two games in hand. Oof. Ooh, that is not good to be a Liverpool fan. You know what? By the way, Liverpool, you've had a nice run. So yeah, no one's gonna no, it, one's, no one's gonna feel bad for you if you don't make it back to Champions League. However. What a what a turn of events that would be if like Fulham is taking three points off of you on Sunday and then you go out and play on, you know, Tuesday or Wednesday and you're you're beating some of the best teams in Europe. It's just <laughs> it's just such a weird thing that only only happens in soccer, I feel like. Right. There's no other way you have this. It, it, I mean, I guess college football, maybe you have teams that go out and have like a great epic performance, you know, two top 10 teams and then the next week. One of them has a letdown game and they lose to like a nobody, but that's, that's still not, I don't feel like that's the same thing as this because the competition is like still there all the time. So I don't know how, I don't know how this is occurring with the great of Liverpool, but whatever, they're uh, out of the round of 16. We will find out who they draw after next week or the next round of games, which will be next week. Uh, So yeah, but thoughts there on Liverpool.
1: Yeah, it's weird, right? I mean, you mentioned them in the Premier League table, like I said, eighth right now. Uh, Villa are three points behind them with two games in hand. Arsenal, uh, five points behind them, Bone, in 10th spot with a game in hand. So it's uh, pretty wild. You're right. I mean, just the differences. And so I think that's where it comes in. And we started talking about the mentality, right, and maybe the, the fragility of Liverpool, and it's just something where you can't shake that monkey. And like you go, you go and all, you just destroy Leipzig. Like, okay, you know, it's one of the better teams in the competition. And you take them uh, down 4 0 on aggregate. You win both legs 2 0. So you're thinking great about yourself. But then you go into the Premier League. It's just, it's super, super strange. So I think realistically, Bone, you are looking at a team now who has, you know, you could, I guess, in theory, still get back into Champions League. In the Premier League, it would take a monumental effort through the rest of the 10 games that's remaining uh, on their schedule. But I feel like now, realistically, the pressure has ramped up in Champions League for them to succeed. Yeah, And they know that's their easiest way back into the
0: competition for next season. It's crazy, right? Like the thought of who should we put more focus on playing against these great teams from Europe, which should arguably all be tougher games or like our you know, regular season match with, I don't even know who they have coming up, but let's just say like, you know, they just had Fulham, right? And then Crystal Palace or something. And by the
1: like, way, Fulham dominated that game. Yeah. Like yeah. it wasn't even close.
0: No, Fulham, Fulham is playing like a team that knows they need every point. And Liverpool is playing like a team that said, we don't need any points because we're just going to focus on Champions League, which, but it just, you like, if you line the two teams up and say, who do you have an easier time beating? Fulham or, or RB Leipzig? Fulham. No question. Yeah. You you would say you'd rather play Fulham ten times out of ten, but not this week. That's <laughs> so I, I it's it's very interesting to watch this Liverpool team and I, I find them fascinating for all the wrong reasons for Liverpool fans right now, but in either case, there they sit. They're on to the next round. Uh that's what I said on Sunday too. After United won, right? You sent out that tweet asking how I
1: was feeling. I'm like, man, it's a great day to be a Liverpool fan, isn't it? <laughs> uh, you drop points to Fulham and United take down uh, City. Like, mm, that's that's you, a great yeah, feeling. So were, I, know feeling our, I know our I know our I know our guys here uh, who are you know the Liverpool supporter group in Columbus, and they listened to it. And I've met a couple of them, and they are great people. But they give me so much stick bone that I had to just, you know, really throw the dagger right back hey man, across the table on that
0: one. Any day you can gain points on two of your rivals in one day, like that's a pretty good day. You beat your own rival. You beat one rival. The other rival lost. You know, down in London, or actually not down in London, in in Liverpool. So anyway, there you go. Yeah, no nothing wrong with that. Uh, let's move on to PSG and Barcelona. Not a surprise. That was a 1-1 draw. Ended up being 5-2 on aggregate. Barcelona is out of the tournament. And this came on a day where Lionel Messi had a tremendous goal in this game, the only one for Barcelona, but missed a penalty. Um, Kaylor Navas made the save. Kylian Mbappe gets on the board. And this, I don't think, is shocking, right? I mean, we kind of said Barcelona had one of the toughest roads to overcome, and they clearly couldn't do it uh PSG taking it no problem and they move on to the round of eight
1: yeah it's not surprising when you look at the two teams Neymar was out again uh I know there was some you know cause for concern with what happened between these two teams just a few years ago I mean one of if not the most spectacular comebacks you will ever see I I went back and I actually watched that uh the other day bone I mean just the comeback at the uh at the new camp for Barcelona to come back against PSG in that tie. I think it was the same situation, right? I mean, it was four to one heading into the second leg and Barca were at home. Uh, And so you're thinking to yourself like, okay, is this going to happen again? And maybe if Messi slots home that penalty bone, Barca start to get on the front foot a little more. Maybe there is that anxiety inside of – PSG's camp like oh no not again but I tell you what man they're stalwarts and Kylian Mbappe is just he's a star you know they did exactly what they needed to do He needed to not lose the game by four and they didn't they drew Barcelona's out of the contest uh so their spectacularly disappointing season at least in the Champions League comes to an end
0: yeah um by the way it should be noted Neymar I I do believe it's a legit injury that's all well and good mm-hmm. happy birthday today to Neymar's sister it's today, so today weird today is man. her today is her birthday uh the day we were recording this podcast her birthday is march 11th
1: did i say that like two months ago yeah like, when we, it's up been a thing
0: for years it's been a thing for years that he always <laughs> has an injury around her birthday and obviously there have been questions well it wasn't just that sometimes it was sometimes it was injury sometimes he would just accumulate you know get a red card or something in the next game he would be ineligible for it it just so happened oh well that's the week of his sister's birthday so um he did train with psg over the last few days but they said that his training with the squad was you know partial and it wasn't enough to get him fully ready to go and like you said it it uh yeah it didn't really matter so they were they were just fine psg so that's uh that's impressive man they they are they are a talented team for sure. Yeah, so.
1: I think that, you know that's really the one thing Bone they haven't accomplished in this new era of ownership. They've done everything else you can do in France, and you know you've won cups and you've won leagues and you've done everything. But the one thing eluding them, kind of like City, is that Champions League title. And you look at their team and the way they're assembled, man, they are a good bunch. They look pretty ruthless in front of goal. And as we get into the deeper parts of the contest, I'll be excited to see what they can bring.
0: Yeah. For sure. Um, let's talk about one of the the more stunning games of this Champions League yeah. finale. We could have definitely started with this one. Uh, Porto gets it done against Juventus with 10 men for a good portion of the match. Uh, obviously, it was the Port- an hour. Yeah, yeah. it was a,
1: an entire hour by the time the game ended.
0: Yeah, the Portuguese side, they were, they were you know, in terrain. This was Juventus needed everything here to try to come back. And we even said when we were looking at this previously, how it started off uh, with the first match, we said, all right, Juventus is down, but they did get an away goal. They should be okay. And then as it turns out, uh, Porto ended up with a two-goal aggregate lead. Yeah. (laughs) Gave it away, playing an hour with 10 men, and then in extra time, 115th minute, Extra time, what are we saying? No, I don't know why I say it. Yeah, extra is right. Stoppage time is just, you know, the few minutes at yeah. the end. I always I don't know why I get tripped up on that. I don't know, because it's uh, hard to yeah. understand. It's okay. Sergio Oliveira with a penalty with had a penalty early, but then had the free kick that went under the wall and around the goalkeeper and through the woods and didn't matter. It got in and it's a it was the grandmother's house
1: we go. Whew, what
0: what a what a tremendous end for Porto, but we'll talk about that in a second and how they played but this does mean that we are now going to have, you know, a semi-final or a what is that quarter round with no Cristiano Ronaldo and yep. no Lionel Messi for the first time in like forever. So, uh just just a weird weird year when it comes to the Champions League. I'm not complaining. I mean, I think I think Porto will be a fun team to watch. I think that was a tremendous upset that they had, but that is something that, you know, from from the star power standpoint, those those two names not being in it, that is going to be something that some people will care about. I still think it's a fun tournament to, to watch no matter what. But yeah, two of the biggest names, the two biggest names in soccer will not be advancing in the Champions League.
1: Yeah. You know, and you kind of look at like the passing of the torch. Right. And we've already kind of established that, you know, a few months ago when we were talking about this and, you know, coming to the end of the road and you're not going to see these guys out here, maybe not at their best. Like you could tell Ronaldo was just gassed, you know, after 90 minutes. I mean, he was just exhausted. They're trying to pull themselves uh, up the table as well in Syria. Ah, so you know, they're trying really hard uh, to do their best. And Kiesa I thought, played great. I mean, his legs uh, seem to be fresh the entire matchbone. He pulls them back level with those two goals. Uh, really good job out of him. I don't know if there's anybody else as well in world soccer who is more offside, more consistently than Alvaro Morata. Like, every <laughs> single time they try to play a ball into him, it, he's offside. And, it's like, the, the, the refs and the side judges are like, ah, yeah, okay, you know, no big deal, you're off, like, bring the flag up, scored a great goal, obviously offside. Yeah. And so it's just, that's got to be frustrating for Juventus, Juventus fans.
0: It always, yeah, it, it's it's always frustrating to have a player like that on your team as well, just because you, like, I, I always find myself getting mad at the player and just saying, don't pass it to him. Cause, cause yeah. you know, after a while you start watching that player, you don't even watch the rest of the play because you're just like be on stay on side. Why are you offside? You're offside. Why are you? It's not out
1: like of... he's like on the back shoulder and trying to make these runs. No, you know where you get caught off and like that happens, right? I mean, Mbappe and Holland are two of the best, and they get cut offside. That's fine, but it's because they're on these shoulders and they're trying to time up the ball perfectly to make their runs. And Maradona just like he stands there. Like it's got to be incredibly frustrating for them.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sure that what would also what is also frustrating and would be for Juventus fans is they would have preferred Cristiano Ronaldo just stand there in the wall and actually just face up the shot that ended up going underneath or around him. I forget he turned away from it. I can't remember if he was off the ground or not, but I know a couple of the guys in that small wall were off the ground and man, it just seems like I, I, I know it's easy for me to say, cause I don't have to stand 10 yards from these guys that are whipping in these shots, but mm-hmm. just stand there. Like just let it bounce off your shin guard, man. Like, uh, who knows how this game goes out. Maybe they, maybe Porto still gets the win, but yeah, it's, it's well. Be... And then
1: Juventus scored right after that. And you're like, Oh my God, is this good?
0: Yeah. Right. And then it's, yeah, this is, this is something else, man. This is champions league soccer. This is what we sign up for. So it's a lot of fun. We'll find out who their opponents will be. Like I said, next week, uh, a couple more games to talk about. Uh, let's, let's go Borussia Dortmund and Sevilla because that's the only, actually that's the only other game to talk about. Um, How about Erling Holland, man? This guy is... He's a freak. He's a freak. He's 20 years old. He is the fastest player to 20 UEFA Champions League goals in the history of the competition. And it's not just that he's the youngest player to do that. He did it in 10 fewer matches than Harry Kane, who was the previous record holder. 14 Champions League matches, 20 goals, and only twice in those 14 games has he been completely kept off the scores, the score sheet. So that is uh, something else, man. It was a little tighter than I think they expected it to be. It was a 2-2 well, game. They got,
1: their, they got their butts whooped. I mean, look Pretty at the possession. Much. What was it, like 70-30 I think uh, in this one? So like, yeah, they were holding on. It was 5-4, to four, but yeah, it was a tight, nervy affair, but you wouldn't talk about Erling Holland, man. I mean, he is the real deal. And I know we've talked about it on it before on here uh, about it, and I'm certain that we will do so in the future, but I mean, look at the way he started their Classicer this past weekend, man. Two goals in the first ten minutes against Bayern. I know Bayern, you know, blitzkrieged him after that and they won four to two, but I mean, good God, is this guy good? Is yeah. he? I mean, he's him and Mbappe. It really does feel like the passing of the torch, does it not? It does. Like, yeah. It has, well, like Messi and Ronaldo go out of the yep, tournament. That's And those point. two guys now shining the best for their teams, getting them through to the quarterfinals. Now, who goes? Who knows if they go on to win the you know respective competition uh, or whatever? But like, you had these two guys who were stalwarts and the best that the world has ever seen play the game of soccer. And I'm not saying that Mbappe and Holland can get to that level. They still obviously have a long way to go. They're very young, but what they are doing right now for their respective clubs is just eye popping.
0: Yeah, it really is. And I think you're right on that passing the torch thing, because this is something that I don't think we're going to see, you know, two guys who have this level of ability playing at the same time. It's rare. I mean, I know we, we've had Messi and Ronaldo this whole time I don't, I will be shocked if those two guys can have the longevity that Messi and Ronaldo have had, right? Like, if those two will be the top 12 years from now. You know what I mean? (laughs) That's so hard to, that would be shocking. He's 30, he's 30, you know, at that point, he'd be 32. I know. Well, uh, well, and that's I mean, that's what we're talking about with with Messi and Ronaldo. It's not like they're that old, but I'm just saying, think about how long they've been at the top. Yeah, And and so
1: part of a decade, more than a decade.
0: I think what we are going to have is moments like what we're about to see, right, where two ascending stars in some of the best form you're ever going to see a soccer player be in. They're both going to be now into this, you know, uh, quarterfinal round and they may both end up being in the same game you know in one of these matchups it may be they don't see each other possibly until the final i think that's pretty unlikely for dortmund but you never know i guess but either way like hopefully we get a matchup with those two guys in the same game that's a that would be a fun thing but i'm just saying like if we're if we get that between those two playing at this level for 2 or 3 years that's really lucky and then you look at what messi and ronaldo have done for like 15 years and go wow yeah. this has been it's just, it's just something else. It's something that we've, we've, we we have to keep it in mind that it does not happen that often, and we are extremely lucky to have it uh, for the time that we have with Ronaldo and Messi. So, who
1: would yeah. you rather have on your? Let's say I don't, I don't know. I mean, whatever. Fulham has gotten you know billion dollars worth of cash to mm. spend, and they're going to go out and they can get one of these guys. Who would you attach yourself to, uh, Mbappe or Holland? Which the one are next, you going with?
0: Yeah, for the next few. I mean, you know, next five six years. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man, Erling Holland is, is tremendous, right? He is, he's, he's such a big guy. I I, like, I just think that Mbappe has just that extra little Mm -hmm. bit of polish where Holland feels a lot more like if I, if I let him loose in the game, he is going to score me goals. He may also at some point tangle up with, you know, four defenders and, get hurt you know what i mean like or hurt somebody else, or whatever like he just he always seems like he's he's he seems more like a tornado whereas mbappe feels like i don't know like a like a an actual like fighter squadron of planes just coming down <laughs> and they're surgical right a tornado is more just yeah. like well whatever happens happens mm-hmm. the, he seems a little more surgical so that's i think where i'm going with mbappe but i don't think you really go wrong either way with those two guys what no, about you I who just, would you take
1: Yeah, yes. Uh, I think would be my answer (laughs) to that. Yeah, it's just Mbappe's got that, like, pace merchant, you know, just stigma attached to him, man, and he is so terrifying. Like, one-on-one with a defender, with Mbappe running at you, and with pace, there's not probably – uh, one person in the world that you would least like to defend than him uh, with the ball, but I mean, Holland can just do so much. I Man, he's got the power, he's got speed, he's got size. His heading accuracy is amazing. Uh, so I think both, but right now, I mean, slight edge to Killian and Mbappe. You know, he's a little bit older, I think two years older than Erling Holland. But in two years, we could be talking about all right, well, Erling Holland is the best player in the world, and Mbappe is number two. So it's yeah. a fun conversation to have. And you're right. I mean, we are lucky to have these guys around. Uh, and especially, I mean, the skill and the class that they have. I think it's, it's permanent with both of them. They've done it, you know, as silly as it sounds. I know that, you know, they're only 22 and 20 respectively, but. I mean, good Lord, are they good and awesome to watch. And you're right. I mean, if we get them in a round of eight or, you know, semi-finals here in the Champions League, like sign me up every day of the week.
0: Yeah, I'd be up for it. Uh, hopefully that's the draw that we see. Uh, speaking of next week, you've got a couple games Tuesday, a couple games Wednesday, Real Madrid and Atalanta uh, mm-hmm. finishing up their tilt, which obviously Real Madrid not in the best shape there, but um, they should be able to advance, I would think. I'd be surprised if they don't. Manchester City up 2-0 on Mönchengladbach Again, You think they would probably advance there. Bayern versus Lazio uh, worked out well for Bayern. They're up 4-1 there. And Chelsea and Madrid, the 1-0 lead for Chelsea going back home. So that's that's good standing for them. We'll see how they can hold up. Speaking of Chelsea, Christian Pulisic not playing a ton for this team right now. And, man, I don't know. I could not have been more wrong. I thought when Thomas Tuchel took the job, given his time with Borussia Dortmund, when Pulisic was there, I thought – well this means Pulisic's finally going to get to play. He's going to, you know, have his spot kind of re-solidified and instead it's been just the opposite. He's played 134 out of a possible 810 minutes uh mm. since Tuchel ch- took charge. Now, the other thing is they are on an 11 game unbeaten run since Tuchel took over for Chelsea for Frank Lampard at Chelsea. So the, 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 I don't know that this changes Anytime soon for Christian Pulisic? Do you? No, I. You look at what they're
1: they've been doing, Bone, and you know I think that was the part where Chelsea was getting frustrated with Frank Lampard as their manager, like they were just unable to string really anything together. Like they'd have a nice win, and then they'd have a draw, and then they'd have a loss, and like it was just this weird cyclical thing of really unpredictability. Uh, and you're right, since Tuchel has come in, I mean he's gotten the squad in the right shape. Big time win uh, against Atletico in the first leg of them. They have made up some nice ground in the premier league. And so, no, I think what is working right now. And you heard his comments saying, yeah, you know, I'm just familiar with Pulisic as a sub and I know what damage he can do coming in after the 60th minutes. Like, okay, man, you didn't sign someone for a $60 million, you know, signing fee from Borussia Dortmund to bring him off the bench in the last 25, 30 minutes of the game. So uh, I don't know if unrest is the right word for Christian Pulisic, certainly you thought that he would get more of a shot than what he's getting. But at the end of the day, you're a manager. You have to watch out for your team's best interest. And that was my big fear in the summer when they went out on this spending spree, where was he going to land? And obviously it didn't work out with Lampard. They canned him. You bring in Tuchel and you're thinking, okay, you're, you're going to be regularly involved, but he's unlocked something with that team that isn't featuring Pulisic. And you're right. I don't think it's going to change anytime soon.
0: No, I don't, I don't think it will either. So this is, uh, I think, a bigger issue. It's kind of like, in a way, with Thomas Tugel, the way he's treating Christian Pulisic, it's, it's the conversation you never want to have when, you know, you're dating someone and they're like, look, um, or, or you're, you're trying to date someone, like in high school, right? And then they're like, look, I, I just really like you as a friend. I don't, yeah. mm. I don't know that yeah, he's getting, he's boy. getting friend zoned by Thomas Tuchel right now. It's like, no, you're, you're great as a sub. It's why would you want to ruin what we have with you coming off the I love you bench? like a brother, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Not romantically involved. <laughs> boy, right.
0: Oh, oh, it just turned your stomach to think about those mm-hmm. moments you've had in life. But in either case, that's, that's where Polisic is right now. So if other, again, if, if like that's, he has the dream to play for Chelsea, he's obviously done some good things in that uniform. But now maybe the time is right to make a move. And maybe you're gonna look back to going to the Bundesliga. I know there's yeah, been all right, talk man, of doing that. To this.
1: Like there's reports that Bayern Munich is interested. If you think it's tough to crack the lineup <laughs> at Chelsea, where the hell are you gonna slot in? I don't Bayern? know. Where how does that happen? Like where where are you going? What's your role there?
0: Well, you know, there's always there's always another option. Right. I mean, he made his debut in the U.S. men's national team, senior team in Columbus, Ohio, mm-hmm. at historic crew stadium. So <laughs> I'm just saying then again, it's going to be tough to crack this crew lineup, Beamer. I got to say, because uh, Boy, they, they got talent great, all they? over the board. Uh, they just brought in Alexandra Matone or Maton. I think is how you say his last name from Romania, this this young player who is, uh, I think they paid like a million eight for him. And yeah, I mean the depth for the crew right now, I don't know if Christian Pulisic would have trouble cracking the lineup, but in all maybe serious- we
1: can see him at historic crew stadium, <laughs> uh, you know, with, with the uh, Philadelphia union bone, Pennsylvania ah, kid, right? That's That'd right. Be a great that's absolutely
0: that. right. Yeah. But I don't know what the situation holds for Christian Pulisic, but man, it, it is weird to think that I like I, before the season I was talking him up, I thought, and, 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 he has shown at times when he gets the chance that he plays well, but He's just not, I don't know what it is. I don't know what he doesn't do in training. I don't know if it's just because of injuries and everything else, but there's something there clearly that he is not getting through with Thomas Tuchel. And Tuchel says all the right things and yet doesn't play him. And I would think that would be frustrating. So find out. I would expect him to be on the move this summer if it were me. I wouldn't want to stay in that situation. If I thought I was a starter and, and should be starting, Sure, I'd, I'd probably want to find a different place to go. So, uh, But we you did mention the crew in Philadelphia. We will talk about Columbus's home opener and the MLS opening weekend schedule. It's all been released. We'll do that next. You're listening to Bone and Beam United. Welcome back to Bone and Beam United. So the crew have officially announced where they are going to be starting off the season. They will be hosting Philadelphia Union at Historic Crew Stadium on April 18th, 5.30 p.m. That is a Sunday afternoon game. Love that. Yeah, right? 5.30 is a nice time. You get the whole day basically to tailgate and do all well. I don't know. Maybe we may not be at tailgating mode yet because they may not let us do that, but the point is, you have a whole day to prepare for the game, and then you can go yeah, in. As if my co-host, to the stadium. Son,
1: Morning Juice, likes to say, really get yourself uh, lathered up. You mm-hmm. know,
0: yes, exactly right. You get lathered up, you go in there, and then you get to watch the game. And by the time it's over, it's barely eight o'clock, and you're yeah, going to get to still for me perfect. Yeah, you get a nice little you know trip out of the stadium. You head home. So for those who are going to get to attend, I know attendance will be limited still for these games, but. Are we at thirty percent
1: for outdoor I think venues, it's right? thirty percent for outdoor, yeah.
0: so that'll be good. Um, that's that's a nice bump up there. Uh, happy for that. That should mean I would think about six or seven thousand people at least. Yeah. So all right, good crowd. That could that could be something for sure. Uh, but only going to have a few games at Historic Crew Stadium. We don't know the full schedule yet, but it is looking like uh, probably the rumor we had heard was between three to five games at mm-hmm. Crew Stadium. So a lot of road games for this team, you would expect, because they want to backload the schedule and get a lot of home games at the new Crew Stadium, which is expected to open in July, uh, as last I've understood. So Yeah,
1: and that's what DC did a few years ago, right? When mm -hmm. they... um, made that tremendous run at the end of the season. They really front loaded the schedule uh, to play away games and then play a lot at the end of the year in crunch time uh, at their beautiful new stadium that they just built. So something like that going to happen with the crew this year bone. But yeah, man, I'm excited for this season. I'm really jacked up for it.
0: Yeah. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. There's interesting storylines all over the place. As we talked about the crew are are as loaded as any team is going to be uh, in MLS. And I was listening to the MLS Extra Time podcast, which shout out to those guys. If you like MLS talk and you don't think we do enough of it, that's totally okay. They do more of it um, over there, but they, you know, they they cover the entire league. They know the the backup center backs for every team in MLS, right? I mean, they they are in Me depth too. on this stuff. Yeah, <laughs> you too, I know. And so, they're in depth on it. I was listening to their podcast last week and they were basically saying with this Matan signing, out of Romania, they were like, where are the holes on this crew team? Yeah. They 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 flat out said, all of them pretty much agreed, the crew should be the favorite to win MLS Cup. And it's really, they said LAFC is two, but it's a distance between Columbus and LAFC. And that is that is just such a stunning thing to hear uh, because as a longtime crew fan, you know, you always are hoping your team's good. There's always these moments at the start of the year where you're like, man, if this goes right and that goes right, I mean, you go across the board, they have a solid second starter pretty much at every position on the field. Yeah. You've got a solid guy who can pop in and play for you. Like last year, your striker position, Jossie Zardes was the lone guy. They had Mm -hmm. Fernando Adi, who was good a few years ago with Portland, Uh, but hadn't really found what he was in Portland when he was in Cincinnati and certainly didn't find it really with Columbus, but a, a solid leadership guy by all accounts. So good for him. Well, now you've replaced him with Bradley Wright Phillips, one of the best goal scorers in MLS history, who just came off a season where he, I think, had like eight goals and seven assists or something like that. I mean, playing for LAFC. And last year, the rumor is he had a choice to go between Columbus and LAFC. And he picked LAFC because he said, well, I want to win MLS Cup. Whoops. So (laughs) he corrected that mistake this year. I just, I mean, I hope it's not the Bradley Wright Phillips curse. That
1: means this year LAFC will win MLS. Well, let's
0: let's hope (laughs) that's not the case. But if it does happen, that is why I will only blame him for it. Now, Kevin Molino coming in from Minnesota, like that's another guy. He's instantly going to start for you. And then that moves Pedro back to where he normally likes to play. Bumps Luis Diaz down. Like, uh, Derek Etienne is a backup now. Derek Etienne Jr. scored you a goal in MLS Cup, and he's going to be a backup. Aiden Morris had one of the best MLS Cups I've ever seen by a defensive midfielder in all the years I've watched the league. He is going to be a backup. Like... (laughs) You you have a center back battle between Josh Williams and Vito Vermhoer, who Josh Williams played out of his mind all of last yeah. year. He didn't and, even get to see Vito. All yeah, of we here. saw him for a game, and then and I think he got injured in the second game against Seattle, maybe or maybe I might have been the first game. I can't remember. Either way, like he didn't play the rest of the year, season ending injury. And you add him back in. Milton Valenzuela is getting called up to the Nash, Argentina national team this year. Like, <laughs> what is going on? Like this team is is badass as it can be so i am i am thrilled that this team gets to start their season off again and i i can't wait to watch them take on philadelphia now one thing to keep in mind with both these teams they both have champions league games during the week prior to this so their champions league matches will be thursday i think maybe philadelphia's is wednesday the cruise is definitely thursday then they play a game on sunday so right off the bat caleb porter's gonna have to figure out how he wants to manage his lineups
1: well, yeah, certainly. I mean, you know, you're taking on Ray Alistelli, uh, which is my favorite beer of the <laughs> month, by the way. Uh, you know, we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. But yeah, man, it's, uh, it's going to be a fun start to the season. You just hope, right, I mean, that first of all, you take care of business in champions league and you get that done. It's nice how they did the schedule. So you're on the road, uh, in the first one bone, your first leg is on the road. And then your second one's back here in Columbus. And that's three days later, uh, is when you're going to open up the season against, uh, Philadelphia, uh, at historic crew stadium. And so, yeah, you're going to have to balance this, but exactly what you were mentioning. I mean, you're almost too deep at every single position. I would like to see, you know, if this B squad that the crew had, actually played a season like without, you know, the, the number ones, where would they finish? You know what I mean? Like as a team themselves, they're actually pretty loaded. And so it's it's awesome to see like the dynamic ability that Tim Bezpachenko's had here, and really had the same symmetry with Caleb Porter the entire time to be able to stay on the same page and bolster up this roster and be able to you know like a weeknight if you need to throw someone else in there and give some of your starters a respite, uh, then that's amazing. But he will have some decisions to make. There's no doubt playing three games in what ten days or twelve days, uh, something like that to get off the seat to start off the season uh, when you haven't played a game since December, but. You feel pretty good about yourself, man, with the way that this roster is constructed.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's a lot of fun to look at what the crew have right now. Um, I, I think they're going to be excellent. And Philadelphia, they lost a couple of their best players uh, sent some guys overseas, which good for them. They had some talent. But Philadelphia is always a they were a tough out last year. They're a very difficult side to play. Um, now they're not probably going to be as good and they're going to have Champions League too. So you think the crew could start off, by the way, that game is on FS1. Uh, for those of you who are still in the carriage dispute between, you know, the regional sports networks for right Fox here, and buddy. YouTube Raise and Hulu hand. and all that, yeah, well, uh, you can watch this one because it's on FS1, or maybe you can get down to the actual stadium and be able to watch it. Uh, by the way, the home opener, or the home opener, the opener for MLS as a whole, uh, they actually, their opening night is Friday, April 16th. Houston will be taking on San Jose Quakes, which, uh, of course, that's... The organization, Houston, used to be the San Jose Earthquakes. They moved. It's our uh, biggest rival, too. Yeah, right. So <laughs> San Jose, they're ours and theirs. Yes, yep. the ours and Houston's, both big rivals. So I like that a Texas team is starting off hosting, and it's not Austin because they don't have a stadium ready because they're stupid. Uh, Seattle and Minnesota will both get to like kind of rekindle their rivalry that they yeah, have. That's a nice one. Yeah, that's at 930 on FS1 on Friday night. So a good little start off to your MLS season um, Austin FC, if you're wondering, their first game they get to go up against LAFC, yes. five thirty p.m. Eastern on Big Boy Fox. So Big Boy Fox, if you've wanted to see like Carlos Vela score five goals in a game, <laughs> that's probably what's good. Austin is going to be terrible this year. They are they are god awful, and I don't mean that in a way just because it's Anthony Precourt's team, but. Looking at their roster, they're going to be bad. So prepare for that to be a big win for LAFC. When Uh, is that one? That is on Saturday, April 17th at 530. Oh,
1: perfect. That's going to be appointment watching, I think, in the beam house. It'll be on
0: Fox. You don't even have to have cable to watch that one. They they want everyone to see Austin get their ass kicked, and I wholly approve that. Nashville and Cincinnati will play Saturday, April 17th at 830. So that is a home opener for Nashville because FC Cincinnati Stadium is not yet ready. That looks
1: awesome too. By yeah, the
0: way. their stadium looks cool. Um, the Cruz Stadium looks great. Austin Stadium looks like a pile of garbage. So enjoy that. Uh, it mm-hmm. looks cheap, and it actually looks like a Barbie dream house. Uh, if I if haven't they seen designed pictures it. of
1: it, I'm like, I'm gonna Google
0: it real quick. It, I don't know. The roof is not even like a. Ta- it's just stupid. I think it looks really cheap and dumb. I'm sure they will say it's like minimalist and whatever. I think it looks stupid. Um, and I'm not saying that because of Anthony Precourt, although I do hate his guts. Um, for what it is worth, if you're wondering... It doesn't
1: look great. You're right.
0: Yeah, it's it's not. It's not good. If you're wondering when FC Cincinnati starts their home schedule, May 16th is apparently when they're going to be opening their stadium. That's a 4 p.m. game against Mi- uh, Miami, and that'll be on Fox. So that'll be when FC Cincinnati opens with their new stadium. Saturday, June 19th is when Austin gets to play their first home game. Again, the season starts in April. So May will be a month. And then June, two months after the season starts, that's when they get to have their home opener at their stadium because they don't have a backup plan. They don't have another place to go start the season off. And I'm sure they don't want to. They want to start in their stadium. But good luck with all of that is all I've got to say. They'll be playing uh, San Jose. So, hey, (laughs) Anthony Precourt will be familiar with that rivalry. That's mm-hmm. uh, big time. <laughs> so, there you go. There's your uh, home openers. We'll have the rest of the schedule hopefully in the next couple of weeks for MLS because we're getting to that point, Beamer. Vaccines are going out. I'm yeah. getting to a point where maybe an away trip is in the cards this year. Maybe I get to go somewhere and watch my team play. So, I do want to find out when do the crew or do they travel to Austin this year? And when is the first crew Austin game? We don't yet know that. So Rivalry week. Catch the fever. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm wondering if they will want to make that a rivalry. I I know they will. They'll put it on TV, but I'm saying Cincinnati is still the one they probably want to invest in as the rival, right? I mean, it does a lot more for the region if Mm -hmm. Columbus and Cincinnati hate each other. You don't have to do anything to make Columbus fans hate Austin, but yeah, either way those are uh those are certainly more to come there as we go anything else from you before we get out of here uh not really big one
1: today for manchester united against ac milan bone uh so europa nice little, league action uh, yeah round of 16 europa league 12:55 start and we got the Buckeyes, the big 10 tournament a year ago today on soccer podcasting day was when the world stopped spinning as we know it, the yeah. sports world NBA canceled their season. Uh, so it's great to have these games back in full fledged bone conference tournaments starting around uh, the NCAA tournament getting going next week. So it's really weird, really weird, man. It's been one heck of a year. I know we've been doing these shows from home and we're connecting over Zoom uh, and doing all these different things. So I got to say, T-Bone, it's been a uh, been a wild ride over the past year, man. But I'm glad uh, that we're finally starting to inch our way back towards a little bit of normalcy. So hopefully by the end of the year, you and me, we can share a beer in the uh, beautiful new Crew Stadium. I'd love nothing more than
0: that. I would love that too, I think. And that's, that's happening sooner than later for sure. So uh, yeah, everybody as soon as you can get the vaccine let's get back out to the stadium let's get some beers in and uh, hopefully you have a good rest of your soccer podcast day but that is it for us till next time enjoy the games and we'll see you next week on bone and beam united